0: And we're back at the Bait and Switch Podcast Studios. Today's interview is Bonnie North. She is the co-host of Lake Effect, a show on WUWM on the Milwaukee affiliate of NPR, which can be found on your radio dial at 89.7 FM.
1: If you're a new listener to the Bait and Switch Podcast, you should know we previously interviewed Bonnie's co-host, Mitch Tyke. You can find this interview in our archives. It is Season 1, Episode 8. Here's a short clip of that interview. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Mitch Tyke. He hosts NPR's Lake Effect, WUWM 89.7 here in Milwaukee. And uh, welcome, Mitch. Seriously thrilled to be here. That was really good. That's what it was <laughs> Mitch, supposed to
2: be like. How yeah. was that? Yeah. That was pretty I good. I think, you know, uh, one take Jim there. <laughs> Holy yeah, well, cow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: now, I, one question I want to lead into, just a, a quick one, the name, Tyke. What's the origin of that?
2: That is German. It means pond. Oh, really? That's all I got.
0: Mitch. was
1: Mitch mean? (laughs) (laughs) As always, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast feeds. In addition, you can find us at baitandswitchpodcast.com, our new website, and of course, through our Facebook page, Bait and Switch Podcast. We appreciate all of our listeners, and if you like what you're hearing, please pass us along to your friends. Your podcast starts now.
2: Hola, bienvenidos. This is Richard Wilson. With this podcast, there are no electives, every program is a prerequisite. The semester is in session. It's season two of the Bait and Switch podcast.
0: welcome to the bait-and-switch podcast i am chris buyer your co-host as always and my other co-host is jim martin hello everyone tonight's guest is bonnie north you might know bonnie from wuwm in milwaukee 89.7 that is the milwaukee affiliate of npr welcome bonnie
2: thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure
0: now bonnie is the second person we've had from npr In fact, the second person from the program that she co-hosts as well, called Lake Effect. And the other co-host was Mitch Tyke, is Mitch Tyke. And he was here, curiously enough, that was season one episode... Eight and I believe this one will be season two, episode eight.
2: Oh, I like that. I like yeah. that too. Me too. That's nice symmetry. There. Yeah. yeah. Right.
0: Bonnie, maybe season three, episode eight. Do you have somebody that the news director or somebody you can?
2: I'm s- sure we can work that. <laughs> right, right. Yes, we got to. We got to
1: probably a year, right, to round yeah. somebody up. Mm-hmm. You've got a whole year. Mm-hmm. Sure. Are yeah. we asking too much? Just nah. If we are. No, oh, no, I don't think so. Do you feel any uh, any pressure to uh, compete with Mitch? You know, season one, episode eight. Season two, episode eight. Well, I mean, this is, re- is
2: going to be better. Of course it is. Season two. It's season two, yeah. But this is
0: new for you. But then again, you're in radio, you should know what you're doing.
2: (laughs) Well, and it's Mitch's fault that I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) It's his fault. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) And she has not listened to Mitch's episode. No, on purpose. Yeah, it was on purpose. Oh, yeah. No,
1: She wants to go in in cold and and have her own thing, and I like that. I like that that style. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know that Bonnie is involved in radio, but I like to do deep research. Yes, you do. I like to... Maybe too much. Maybe I... You know, for my craft, I suffer. Uh, I took a sabbatical from work to prepare for this interview. Okay. It was a three-month sabbatical. Three
1: months. That's a big one.
0: My business has suffered. Sure. And my finances have suffered. But I think I've got kind of a juicy little tidbit about Bonnie that I honestly, I don't think she wants me to know. I don't think she knows I know. The, All right. I don't the,
2: have to pay you to be here, do I? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No, but <laughs> I was that, that whole financial hardship thing was kind of throwing <laughs> it, it might me. might be. A, yeah, yeah, I know. I thought that was a hint of <laughs> some yeah. type. Yeah. I, me right. too.
0: But right. But I went on the dark web. Okay. Do you know where the, the dark web is? Uh, yeah. Well, you turn the lights off, right? I don't dark know. Point. I had to pay somebody and they yeah. showed me where the dark web it's, was. Uh, but I was able to glean through nefarious sources mm-hmm. that Bonnie, some years back, was a paleobotanist. And at some point, she was whisked away, kind of mysteriously, with her then boyfriend, an esteemed Dr. Grant, who was a paleontologist. And they went to this island off the coast of Costa Rica, and it was a secretive mission. A mission. And yeah, and when she arrived there, and again, this I read this all on the web, and you know she can deny it if she true. wants. It must be true though. But she was informed by this eccentric billionaire mm-hmm. who had whisked her away there that they had constructed an elaborate, yet to be opened, theme park. And they were seeking her counsel regarding issues involving the theme park. Mm -hmm. The owner of this park had funded the development of genetically created dinosaurs. Really? They were created from blood that they'd extracted from mosquitoes that were trapped in amber. Really? Yes. And it's my understanding that events ensued where there was loss of life. Loss of, really. And yeah. I understand she's not currently at liberty to discuss said events because of a settlement involving a non-disclosure agreement. Bonnie, I know you probably can't address these things, well, you but just said just, she couldn't, right? Yeah, but just yeah. nod yes or no.
2: I, you're right. I can't. I can't talk about it.
1: So yes, no is what she said. Yes, yes no. no. <laughs> I. Um, well, that's I, you know uh, that sounds. Uh, uh, that sounds vaguely like a movie theme uh, that I've, I've seen, uh, maybe Jurassic Park. Is that where you, uh, is I'm, it possible you get, you're getting this mixed up with something else? I'm not familiar with that movie. No? No. What, what is it? it it's, uh, well, it's a movie about a paleobotanist who went to a small island off Costa Rica who designed a theme park around dinosaurs extracting their DNA from mosquitoes. Um. I mean, it sounds similar.
2: So you're saying my boyfriend wasn't Jeff Goldblum? (laughs) Well,
1: uh, you're not really supposed to say, right? I'm not. Uh, No, no. sorry. I shouldn't have even said that that much. Yeah, yeah. I (laughs) I know you're probably just throwing him off. Yeah.
0: I I probably shouldn't have closed the office for those months. Well,
1: you might want to try that again. Mm. Uh, You know, I mean, maybe you want to take maybe a month.
0: Well, you know what? Just give me a couple minutes I'll go back and look on my main source which was IMDb and see if sure. this is true.
2: Sure. Okay, on the dark web. Or maybe uh, the light is... one would be better. Yeah.
0: That... Well, you know what, Jim, I'll let you take over here for just a bit. Sure. I'm going to I'm going to do a little work and I'm going to I'm going to call the electric company and make sure they don't turn off our power here tonight. Yeah, that that would be good. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Well, sorry, so- Bonnie. I'll be right back. It's okay.
1: Okay. All right. So, Bonnie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself that you actually can talk about? I did a little bit. little bit of my own
2: research. I noticed that you were. You started off kind of in the theater. I did. Yeah. Um, I got involved in theater right out of high. Well, I was in kind of theater clubs in high school, but for actual work, I got involved with uh, a then late 70s program called the CETA. It was a training program. It was a government-funded program uh, that would take young people, essentially teenagers. They would give them six months or a year training in some sort of craft or some sort of trade. And this one was at Dartmouth College. I'm from the East Coast and from near Dartmouth, actually. I grew up in a little town called Canaan, New Hampshire. So um, I got involved with the Dartmouth College theater department through that program. It kind of launched me into... Pretty much everything that I've done now, I, I to me, theater is one of those things that feeds everything else. Mm-hmm. If you know something about theater, you're going to be able to use it no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And and it's to me not a wasted degree, not a you know, not a waste of time at all. It was so much fun to do that, and I learned so much. I, I finally went back to school, or went to school for the first time when I was 21, and at Penn State, and okay. was doing theater. Until I ran out of money, uh, which mm, we so all this a familiar theme tonight. Mm, I know, <laughs> I know, and um, and that's when I we get into things that I can tell you some things about, but not a lot. Which is, I went into the military more non-disclosure agreements, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, and security clearance issues, and, sure. Yeah, you know, there is a, yeah. uh, yeah. a lot
0: of there is a, a lot of things behind the scene with Bonnie. Right, a, lot yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of mystery. A lot of mystery. Right. We mm-hmm. hope to draw that out tonight. We'll okay. See. Yeah. So military. Yeah. Okay.
1: Is that the uh, linguist, right? That was the linguist part. Mm -hmm.
2: Basically, I went in because they were offering, this was in 1981, and uh, Ronald Reagan had just taken over as president, and he beefed up the military budget, and they were offering a lot of signing bonuses for Mm -hmm. people to come in because they wanted to beef up the military. And... I was looking at a way to pay off school loans that I couldn't figure out how to pay because theater for all its glory doesn't pay a whole heck of a lot unless you're probably Jeff Goldblum. I looked into it and I thought, well, if I sign up for four years, They'll completely pay off my school loans, and I thought, well, there's a deal. Oh, that's maybe a the deal. maybe I'll travel, and I took a test. You have to take this battery of tests when you when you sign up for any of the services. The ASVAB. The ASVAB, familiar. yes. That's familiar. And they um, they found out. They said, you know, you you have this great score for languages, and I thought, really. Okay. And, uh, and so I signed up and um, picked, I wanted to do Russian because this was the Cold War still. And I I'm thought sure. everyone will use Russian. Uh, but Russian was like booked out. You couldn't get a spot in the class for like a year. And I knew if I didn't go in when I said I was going to, I wasn't going to do, do it. it yeah. And so they said, okay, here are, your, here are your choices. And it was between Czech and Polish.
0: Did you say Czech, please, or yeah, what did you say? I flipped a coin. <laughs> oh, same. Yeah. yeah. Czech, please. I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. And what is the typical gratuity for a Czech language? 20%? I
2: would have to say is probably more like 10%. Yeah. <laughs> more than now the Czech Republic. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you know other languages as well?
2: Uh, some German. Okay. Uh, because I lived in Germany for three years. That was that. The military got me over to Germany. Okay, and me I was, too. Hey,
1: how are you? Where did you? Where were you? I was at Hahn Air Base. Okay. Do you know where that is? I do. It's Yeah, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yep. So not very many people know where that is. Were
2: you prevented from going into the east?
1: Uh, Could- yes, I was actually there. Uh, while I was in Germany, the wall came down. Wow. So that was, uh, but I never did get over to the east but
2: we they wouldn't let prevented me for a while yeah because yeah, right. we had sure top secret security clearances so we oh, weren't right. allowed yeah. you know to even go um and i just more I, secrets more seats, More yeah, right? right. Yeah. yeah, you know. It's a At life some point, secrets. I do want to
0: get to Costa Rica, but continue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'd like to get to Costa Rica, too. Are yeah. we going? Well, he doesn't money have money. Here. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Metaphorically,
0: we're oh, going to go okay. there. Oh, okay. In yeah. the right, Theater fine. of the Mind, our listeners will be transported <laughs> to, to, to Costa Rica. <laughs> Isla Noir on the uh,
1: oh. coast of Costa Rica. <laughs> oh, so you were a linguist there. So, how did you go from that to radio in Milwaukee, Wisconsin?
2: Again, a circuitous route. I have this, um, like this parallel career path. It's got the military. Right after I got out of the army, I went to work for the State Department because I wanted to be overseas still, and mm-hmm. went to South Central America and some in South America, and then got out and finished my degree. And so I was back in the Northeast, and Vermont Public Radio. They were looking for a classical music host for for Sunday afternoons, and I thought, well. You know, everyone had told me, "Gosh, you got this great radio. You should do radio. You should do radio." And I thought, "Well, I don't want to be a shock jock. I don't. It's not yeah, interesting right. to me." Um, and then this came up, and I thought, "Well, gosh, I no grew much. up with my dad was a bassoonist. Right. I mean, I okay. know classical music, and so I didn't have a tape, so I put some CDs in front of me and pretended to do a CD show. You know, I just kind of." recorded myself saying, and now we're going to hear, you know, you know, Handel's water music played by so-and-so and and whatever. And, you know, and I read the weather from that newspaper day and everything, and I just kind of made it up. Sure, I, I, right. You know. just, this is probably what a kind DJ of, at a classical radio sort station Sort of, yeah. Like, you know, we'll I heard, I heard WQXR in New York. They you pro- know, oh, yeah. They're probably
0: just like, get to the hips, get right? to, Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah.
2: Can, can we just get to the fast <laughs> right, movements? Right we don't want any of <laughs> the slow
1: stuff. <laughs> get to the Mozart. Yeah, come that's on, right,
0: let's
2: come go. On right. The Bach, the big stuff. And so I just recorded it on a cassette tape. I sent it in, and they called me in and gave me the job. I had no idea that it was going to turn into a full time gig. It took about four, uh, two or three years there before it turned into full time. Okay, because they were they were growing and jobs were t- and they actually created a job that needed to be filled and I filled ended up filling it. But nice, yeah. So I was there seven years. Okay, yeah.
0: And wow. then and then did you come to Milwaukee after that?
2: Nope. I heard about this gig in the Balkans. They were looking for civilians, but who had had military background. Okay, translating for aren't the nato forces and i got there in 2000 the summer of 2000 mm-hmm. you
1: know so now did you have to learn another language
2: i didn't although having czech really helped because serbo croatian is very similar
0: oh okay are they all are they all slavic languages yes. czech is as well mm-hmm. okay yeah and german is very different than czech huh? yes. german is germanic and czech is slavic huh? yeah okay
2: and english is more like german
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. a
2: Germanic language. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. it's kind of like German and Spanish smashed together. It feels like English. Sense.
2: English yeah. borrows a lot. It really We're does. We're very yeah. kind of we yeah. it's, it's a melting pot. It's a melting pot you know? language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they borrow but do we give back?
0: That's what I want to know. And yeah, we, never then then we never give it back. And
2: and then if we do, it's like completely changed. And they go, "Well, we don't want this." <laughs> yeah, that's not the word we gave you. You, you broke yeah. it. It's like a string this. trimmer.
0: It's like, hey, you know, it doesn't work <laughs> yeah. anymore. Right, right. This, this is... word used to be ours, now it's broken.
2: Right, right. And yeah. now you want it back. We yeah. want us to take it back? No. 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 Yeah, yeah. No, we're not taking it. Taco Tuesday. Yeah. We
1: even we even probably use the incorrect word. We probably say, "Can we borrow that word?" Like, you know, "Can I borrow a Kleenex?" No. You can have a Kleenex. I don't want that thing back. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's we true. Know, we know that when we took that word, we're not
2: giving it back.
0: No. So I, I interrupted you. You said then from Bosnia or from uh, the Balkans. Then where did you go?
2: Spent time in the Balkans, then went to D.C. to finish out a different contract. And then when that was done in 2005, I was done with being in the Beltway. I was like, okay, I've done this. I don't want to be here anymore. And I thought – It might be time to get back to radio. I'd been out since 2000. So it had been about five years. Mm -hmm. And I thought, eh, you know, maybe I should do this. And then this job popped up here. And it said, looking for an arts producer and where you would interview and talk about the arts and do all. And I thought, well, that's got my name all over it. There you go. And it was the only job I applied for. Oh to complicate things my friends back in the contracting world were bidding on a contract in Afghanistan you'd make a lot of money doing that kind of contracting stuff and i thought well that would set me up and and so i said well sure because figuring that was much more of a sure deal than in this, this thing, sure. because There are a lot of people doing radio who would love to do arts things because it's fun. Yeah. And I thought, they're going to have 800 people apply for that job. My resume will end up on the floor. Right. Off um, to
1: Afghanistan I go? Off to Afghanistan.
2: So, you know, but they didn't have the contract yet. So they were in the bid process. Okay. We had such a good, you know, proposal. And we thought, oh, this is not a shoe-in, but it's, you know, it's really good. The company that was doing what we were going to, that we were bidding on had like, They'd been brought up on some sort of, it wasn't extortion. I forget what it was, but they were mismanaging funds. It was not good. And and so we were thinking, well, they can't possibly choose that company. But, of course, they went with that company.
1: It's the government. It's the government. Somebody <laughs> knew somebody and said, well, eh, these guys are probably fine.
2: They're all right. Yeah. Okay, so they stole $50 million. It's just $50 million. Those pallets of money, you know. When you look at the whole budget, it's a <laughs> yeah. crap in okay. the bucket. Yeah. Yeah. What about, uh,
0: now, Kabul... Being in a war-torn environment, that didn't scare you?
2: Not really. I mean, I was a little nervous more about being a woman alone. I probably should have been more concerned about, you know, the IEDs and, and that sort of thing. But I was more concerned about being in a place where, you know, freedom of movement wasn't really encouraged for women. Right. Um, and it's so I was. Inter- d- yeah,
1: interesting that your perspective would be, you know, that, yeah. Like yeah. You said you're not focused so much on dying, you're focused more I on I mean, like,
2: we all have that option. Yeah. And being in, in the Balkans, I mean, that was an option too. I mean, it was very much a possibility. They well, still had yeah. a lot of ordnance buried all yep. over Bosnia, particularly not so much Kosovo, but mm-hmm. Bosnia was still very dangerous. There were still a lot of places that they were saying in 2000. Don't I've go there.
0: Recently, yeah. removed the ordinances from this office, so Did you? you're good. You're oh, playing. good. Yeah, which is good. Well, well I noticed in,
2: there was a there was a path that I <laughs> followed there was coming a special in. Path. Right, right. Was that so that and make safe.
0: sure you follow it backwards, back out. The way okay. Right, right. right.
1: That was all part of the there's sabbatical. Yeah, yeah it was Sabat- clearing out the clearing <laughs> yeah, out the ordinances. clean out the ordinances. Do <laughs> <laughs> so, right. some crazy research. Yeah, yeah. You
0: know, Everybody's got you know spring cleaning to do, and that's yeah. that's part of my thing.
1: I hope the clearing of the ordinance worked out better than the dark web research because
0: otherwise we might have some problems i'm still not convinced that uh, bonnie's telling us the truth but at some point we're going to get to costa rica here maybe there'll be a gap in her resume for like three years she disappears and we'll figure it out Hmm. yeah Yeah. but then you ended up getting the job you got the gig
2: here i did uh, in milwaukee and that was i just passed my 13th anniversary
0: being here Uh -uh. yeah when did mitch start
2: a month before me so
0: at some point, both you and Mitch were tapped to develop this new program, right?
2: Well, actually, the way I know it, the program was in existence, although it wasn't called Lake Effect at that point. It was called At Ten because it aired at, at Ten. Ten. At Ten. Ten, that's right. I yep. remember this. Yeah, and Mitch was brought in to be the first ever executive producer of At Ten, uh-huh. and and so Mitch actually was on the. He was sitting in the room when I came to do my interview because he happened to be in town. He'd already been hired. And so they said, you know, we're interviewing someone. You should sit. And and so they offered me the job, I would say, maybe two or three weeks afterwards. No, you know, okay. after I went. I went back. I was back in New Hampshire at that point. I had sold the condo in D.C. and you know it was just kind of like visiting friends and an ext- I had an extended summer vacation, right? You know, yeah.
0: and that. this this program that you developed called mm-hmm. Lake Effect, not the Lake Effect, but Lake Effect. Mm-hmm. It was developed back in what 2000.
2: It had already been in some form or other. It had been around for about a decade. Oh, okay, it was called at ten, yeah, and it was the same idea, and they only did two interviews an hour, you know, so a half an hour interview and then another that kind of thing. And so Mitch's mandate was to develop it so we had more segments. we had specific beats, and that's where the arts producer came in because one of the things that audience research had told them was that people wanted to hear about all of the art stuff happening in more town more bonnie that's what oh, they, okay. that's what the huh? research is right, more, right, right. more bonnie more yeah. bonnie yeah they didn't know that yet but yeah. that's what they that was so out. the question i was going to
0: ask is from when you guys started till now how has the show evolved and is your vision for it back then what it turned out to be or has it turned into something else
2: it's evolved a lot in that we have. I think we're a tighter show. You know, we've gotten better at the interviewing part of it. We've also gotten better at putting pieces of it together. There are four full time people. We're hoping eventually to get five because uh, we really need it now with the web. You know, that's like a whole nother job mm. is to keep all of the segments updated on the web and. Um, And so we have the four of us that are there are all doing interviews. Mitch and I do probably most, you know, probably 60% of them. And then Audrey and Joy, who are the other two producers, uh, do others that, they're interested in and they have expertise in, which is really nice. Uh, but should we book one of them for next year? I, I, think, like you <laughs> think, we I think you should. Maybe after we go, I think you should because then you can talk to the younger generation. They're both in their twenties. This is the next generation of public radio people coming up. Sure. And speaking of dinosaurs, because mm-hmm. I think we were earlier. Um, <laughs> you know, there are times I feel like one. Y- yeah. Because it's, it has changed a lot, and I love technology. It's got nothing to do with that. It's just. Sure. I didn't grow up with it the way people thirty years my junior have grown up with it. Oh and, yeah, you know, and then yep. the kids who are in college who are ten years younger than these producers, you know, it's, it's even a whole different world. It's, yeah, right. Yeah. With
1: the digital age and everything, I mean, they, do they even listen to the radio anymore? Is it all just? Uh, you I know, think most people stream web and yeah, yeah. Stream most people everything stream
2: it and, yeah. now. Although they keep saying terrestrial radio is going to die, it hasn't yet. Yeah. Well, yep. you know
0: what, that yep. leads a little bit into a question I'm going to talk about, which is NPR itself. I think you guys are known to have a very fiercely loyal audience. You know, What is this special bond that you guys seem to have at NPR with your audience? Uh, how has that been developed?
2: Um, well, I think the most important thing is to kind of differentiate between NPR, the bigger network NPR, right. and the affiliates like what we are. Okay. People are fiercely loyal to both, but for different reasons, I think. I mean, NPR has one of the biggest national and international news teams going from the U.S. right now. A lot of other places have cut down on particularly international correspondence and that stuff, and NPR has built that out. So people trust all of those, the flagship shows, you know, they trust Morning Edition, and they trust All Things Considered, and they trust the newer shows like Here and Now, which happen in the midday time. They know they're going to get people on the ground reporting what they see, factual, all the things, all of that ethical stuff that NPR stands by. We certainly have that. But I think what makes our listeners loyal here in Milwaukee and southeastern Wisconsin is the fact that we're representing them. We are telling their stories. You know, we go Mm -hmm. out and talk about something that's happening at the Medical College of Wisconsin, or something that's happening in this little theater downtown, or something that's happening on the North Shore that's really fascinating that people should know about, or down on the South Side. Um, And so it's the idea that your stories are as important as what you hear coming from Kabul or coming oh, from sure. Berlin. And doing it in a professional way, not just slapdash. And it's like, oh, well, some- you know, it's a local story. So who cares if we do yeah. good quality audio? That's not it at all. You know, it's, we put all the care and time into it. And I think that's why the audience is so passionate about it. And they know they can trust us. And if we do get something wrong, we apologize and say, we got that wrong.
1: Right, you're not just some podcast that's slapped together. Oh, no,
2: you know, know no, I hate somewhere. those. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, they're so awful. Yeah, you're oh, right. Oh wait, yeah. oh I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> what uh, What percentage of uh, WUWM's programming is locally based, and how much of it is the national?
2: Most of it is national with inserts. Like, so the news, the way the news department works, we have we have a news side and we have the Lake Effect side, and Lake Effect is the only. Fully produced, out you know our day, hour long program a day, uh, that's produced in house. Mm-hmm. Everything else is national with local inserts. So what news will do is they'll produce stories that will fit into the uh, morning edition clock or the All Things Considered clock. So where they have put holes, they'll say okay from you know seven eighteen to seven twenty two. There's this four minute thing. Which will will fill with promise. You don't have to cover it, but mm-hmm. if you want to cover, that's the time to this, cover. Yeah. Okay, and so we do that. That's when, when our reporters will do that. They'll often also get on NPR if NPR wants something that's happening with the DNC coming next oh, sure. year right. uh, it's going yeah, to be gonna crazy be yeah. it's going to be crazy yep and we're already in talks with them about how we're going to share resources because you know they're going to be in our studios yeah oh sure all the national that folks way. are going to be there Well, it sounds and, like a threat I, yeah yeah I know
1: they're going to be in our studios <laughs> <Yes>. yeah <laughs>
2: yeah and and the b you know because we have uh connections with uh, bbc world service they connect with uh, wbur in boston to do here and now and all of that so okay yeah you know, they'll be in town as well oh sure yeah sure
0: you know, I was going to ask one last question before we break for our first half here. And we asked this question, of Mitch, how do you take care of your voice? How careful are you about your voice? This is your instrument, obviously. And mm-hmm. so it's something that you probably take very good care of.
2: Yes, I do. Uh, that in my ears. I'm very careful about headphone volume. I... I- keep it way low because it's very easy as you get older to lose that high register. And so I'm very careful about that. But for The Voice, I do warm-ups, hot liquids too. I'm sure you've, Mitch probably said the same thing, you know, hot tea, honey, mm-hmm. lemon to clear mm-hmm. clear mucus. Did you do uh, warm-ups before this show? A little bit. In the car? Yeah, I kind like, of. Boop, 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 yeah, it's sort of saying, it's like, hmm. Of course, now it sounds funny because my voice is breaking. Sure. But um, you start tightening your muscles up, your voice will tighten up and it. Again, it hurts your vocal cords. Sure, so, right. That's right.
1: I usually meditate before the, you
0: know, mm-hmm. this poem. All right, let's take a little bit of a break here. We're going to take a five-minute meditation break. I think Good we call. should. We're we going to yeah, turn oh. off the right. lights. They might go off anyway because of We You light. haven't paid the bills. <laughs> you haven't <Yeah>. paid the <laughs> bills.
1: <laughs> no, not that. We're just going to turn it off. Right. Meditation. Okay.
0: So, so everybody, let's just do an om, and then we'll come back. Ready? Om. Oh. Oh. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast for the conclusion of our interview with Bonnie North. Listen in as Jim's clumsy identity theft query doesn't fool Bonnie. I want to ask our guests, is there anything you're dying to get out here tonight? That, that is
1: funny because the one, one question where I was like, oh, I, I, I wanted to get this one in. That was my question, not our listeners from everywhere. It's my show. It's my questions uh is is there anything you uh you you think your listeners would like to know that might not be prominent public knowledge it's kind of along the same lines
0: Mm. (laughs) like her pin number or
2: (laughs) you've made it to the end of yet another bait and switch podcast spread the
0: word